Another edition of the Mighty Sports Minute. I am your host, Mr. Triple Threat himself, Talon Tony Taylor. And yes, as you can tell, we have a new intro, but it's still the same show. We get a chance to talk about the two pillars of each respective show, each respective sport. And this lineup today is a lineup filled with nothing but all-stars. So, if your name isn't a name, then you ain't gonna be talked about today. We, 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 there's no Zaza Pachulias in today's show. There's, 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 there are no, who, who else is out there? See, if I can't think of you, that means you don't belong here. This is, fil- this is filled with all-stars, NBA all-stars, NFL all-stars, rising all-stars. We, we're gonna get star-studded out. Like I said, it's a beautiful day in South Florida. We're already up to about 77 degrees. But you know what I say, regardless of the time and regardless of the weather, it still is a good time to talk some sports. So, let's start talking, my friends. Yeah, we hopping right into it, because the NBA finally decided to release their All-Stars for the, or the reserves for their All-Star game. So, bringing up, bringing up the Eastern All-Stars, is going to start off with, Draymond, not Draymond, Draymond Green is actually from the West and also, but Drummond from the East. We're going to have Isaiah Thomas that's going to be represented from Boston. You know who surprised me? I'm not going to lie to you. I know you're going to feel like I'm taking a shot, you know, at, at Miami because apparently somebody believes that I happen to be a Miami Heat basher. But I'm not a Miami Heat basher. I'm just a Miami Heat hater. And there's a difference. Like, I don't bash them. I just don't like them. And I'm still surprised that Chris Bosh happened to make the All-Stars. Cause, and as I, think, and I think, as I thought about this a little bit more, I guess I had to say that when, you, when you're looking at the lineup and the lineups and you're thinking, eh, I guess we're looking for an All-Star caliber forward to come out of the East. And when you look at a forwards in the East, I, I guess Chris Bosh kind of just has to make it by default. Like, I can't think of that many forwards to put ahead of Chris Bosh, except for the ones that already started. James, Melo, George. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, the New York game, you would probably say, you know, let me get, let me get PK in there, but he ain't doing much either. So, I guess we get to see Chris Bosh in another All Star game. For what reason? Not quite sure, but he's there. Now, you know who we do get. You know who we do get. We get my boy. We get my boy, Mr. 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 Jimmy Butler from Chicago. He gets represented in the All-Star game. Toronto gets another homer with DeMar DeRozan. We get Millsap from Atlanta and John Wall comes in from comes in from Washington. The West. The West continues their star-studded lineups with a bunch of forwards. And see, and this is where all the forwards at. There are no, there are no forwards in the East really anymore because you got Green out of the West, 
well, we got Green out of Golden State. We got Aldridge out of out of out of San Antonio. We got Demarcus Cousin. That's probably the only center really in this game. You get Anthony Davis, James Harden, uh, Chris Paul, and Clay Thompson. So with Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steph Curry, that means that them Golden Boys, Mister. You know, the Mr. Celebration themselves. As Golden State now represents, is represented by three of their players. And it's probably three of their deadliest players because Stephen Curry is the best shooter that we've ever seen in the league. And Klay Thompson may be the second best shooter that we've ever seen in the league. With now the guy that that keeps putting up after triple double after triple double after triple double, doing kind of what like what Lance Stevenson did for Indiana a couple years ago. Um, but you know what? 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 I guess more than anything that I noticed is not who was on the team, but who wasn't on the team. And I, the, the first two names that popped off in my head was Kyrie Ir- Kyrie Irving and Damian Lillard, and. I'm not going to lie, I'd rather see Kyrie Irving over Chris Bosh. And I couldn't justify who I would like to see over Lillard. But I thought about, I, but I came back and I thought again about Irving. And I said, you know what? Irving wasn't healthy. And if he's just now playing his, what is this, 10th, maybe 15th game for the season, then you don't deserve to be an All-Star. It's just like, not for nothing... I don't think that Tyron Lu deserves to be the coach for the All-Star team. Like, honestly, they should give it to Blotch. Like, they, they should have it in some way, default, shape, or form that Blotch should get it. Or the fact that Blotch didn't make it, then they should give it to the number two team, which way it has happened to be Toronto. I know Toronto wouldn't, wouldn't be mad about having a home with it. They need to rethink that. And, 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 while we are here talking about Toronto and this All-Star game, why, in God's name, would you sign Sting? You understand? There are only two notable Stings that I know in my lifetime. And both of them are too old for this generation. Seriously? Like, who wants to see Sting? Like, every step you take, every move you make, I'll be watching you, you creep bastard. Like, why are you watching on my... This is, this is who we're going to have play the All-Star game. Mr. 100 level creeping level expert. Like, Mr. the original creep... Like, before, girl, I'm going to make you sweat till you can't sweat no more. But if you cry, I'm going to push it, push it some more. And before, Mr. Justin Bieber's, you know, even if your body... Even if your mouth says no, but your body says yes, what do you mean? There was Sting talking about every move you make, every step you take, I'll be watching you. We're in Toronto. You couldn't get Drake. You you couldn't you couldn't get Mr. Twitter Fingers. You you couldn't get anybody else. You get Sting. Well, what was he the cheapest person that that was signed? Was he the only person that would want to go that would want to go to Toronto? I I don't get it. And I'm pretty sure that there are a ton of people that are gonna watch this All Star game between the ages of 23 and nine. 
that are not gonna want to know who Sting is. You understand? Like they're gonna turn the television. You're just gonna lose ratings for that. Like, that's what you just did. You just paid somebody just to come do. Yeah, you just wanted to throw him a bone. Just say it. Just say it. you should have signed Sting 20 years ago. There's no way in 2013 that Sting should be playing at the All Star game. And I don't even want to talk about him anymore because I want to talk about these rising stars because you know what? There's some rising stars that are coming out of this NBA for the Rising Star Challenge. Starting with the beginning, the top of it. We have the New York's very own, the seven foot three Latvian killer Cam Christoph Porzingis, KPPK, whatever you want to call him. The kid is nice, and he's about, and he's gonna represent the Knicks. And I'm pretty sure he's gonna be starting. Now, if you're unaware, unaware of how the NBA does their lineups or does their 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 rookie game, their rookie versus sophomore game, is that they're gonna take from first and second year players, they're gonna have a, a world game and a US game. So they split it up into basically the foreigners versus the US team, which in its own way is, is kind of weird. I guess I guess they're trying to find a way to highlight the international players, but I don't know if, how can you highlight people that people really don't know or I don't know, I wanna say care much about. Like we have Andrew Wiggins, he's the Canadian, right? And more than, more than being a Canadian, he's from Minnesota, right? He plays for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves have, what is it now? That's going to be, they're, they're going to have a total of three players, period, that are going to play in this game. All right? And so we're going to have Andrew Wiggins coming from Minnesota. We're going to have Powell from the Mavs and, and Bogdanovich from Brooklyn. And see, you've already stopped caring <laughs> about all of these players that are on the, the world team. We got Capella from Houston. Hazanja from Orlando, and you still don't know any of these names, do you? Because I know I don't know any of these names, and not only do I not know any of these names, when I watch when I'm watching all of these games, none of these names I just mentioned stand out to me. Like I, I've never seen a Bogdanovich do something good, or okay, maybe Capello, but that's because Dwight Howard is always injured, and I'm, and Capello always has to come and cover his tail. Hazinga from Orlando. Now, Denver got Denver has Moutier and 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 Jokic or Jokic, and Joe Kick sounds like a person that gets kicked in the face after a bad joke. Like, Joe Kick, actually, it sounds like a Street Fighter move, doesn't it? <laughs> but we got we got Meritage out of Chicago. And Meritage, if you watch Chicago games, then, yeah, Meritage actually is a standout player for Chicago. I can see him getting as, as, as much burn as burn needs to get. Because, really, all the notable stars that you're going to know are going to come from the U.S. team. As we have, um, we have Towns from Minnesota. We have Levine from Minnesota. So that's where you have the... The, the trifecta that Minnesota's going to have represented in this with Levine, Towns, and Wiggins. We're going to have Philly representing two players with Okafor and Noel. And not for nothing, if you watch Philly games, like, outside of them just being probably the worst team in the league, but they're not they're not the worst, worst team. At least not power ranking. They're just one of the worst three teams in the league. But with the addition of Tyron Lue, not Tyron Lue, but um, Lou Williams, um, Okafor and Noel... Yeah, they're represented in this team, but they are slowly becoming kind of what Philly is hoping to ask for from just having bad draft pick after draft pick, bad draft pick after bad draft after bad, well, bad season for a good draft pick, bad, you know, they got two potential stores out of there, and they're, and they're down low players, and they're just lanky and long and flexible and athletic enough to be able to play in this new style of NBA. I mean, Noel may have to 
learn how to shoot, you know, further than 12 feet from the basket. But, listen, he can keep up with threes to fives, so he's going to be all right for a couple of years. We got we got Jabari Park out of Milwaukee. We got Smart out of Boston. Um, the Lakers have two representatives with Clarkson and Russell. And not for nothing, if they wanted to push it, they probably could have put Larry Nance Jr. in there just as well. Right? We get Hood out of Utah. We get Peyton out of Orlando. Now, again, in this one, it wasn't so much as who was there than who I noticed of who wasn't there. And this is even just coming from, let's say, if you want to say the, the U.S. team. There's no Booker. There's no, there's no Booker from Phoenix. And that surprised me more than anything because he is probably the only thing that I see stand, um, jump out of the page when you see Phoenix. For a guy that was a rookie, that, that only played one season in college, wasn't even a starter to get drafted as a rookie for this season and to be one of the top, was it five, six scoring rookies in the league to get completely unnoticed on, on a team that has absolutely nobody. I think he should have gotten a nod. And I think he should get a Like, Listen, I'm not going to say I, I want somebody to get injured, but I'm hoping somebody gets injured so they can give Booker a slot. <laughs> and I know that sounds bad. So before I incriminate myself with any more, you know, venomous speech, let me go ahead and take a break. Tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then head down to Multivest Game and get the value you deserve. Multivest. Find them at 830 183rd Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 33169. Located just five minutes from Tootsie's and Sun Life Stadium in the plaza across from Snappers. Multivest Games. Save more, play more. And we are back, and thank you again, listening to Mighty Sports Minute. I am your host again, Talon T. Taylor. Yeah. So, like I said, that was the, that was the NBA All-Star Game and, and what they're planning on doing with, on highlighting their stars. But on the same note or same token, we have the NFL All-Star Game coming or Pro Bowl coming up. You know, today, actually, by the time you hear this, like we're probably going to be hours away from their... Pro Bowl game. And I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I went into this, wanted to give you some information in, 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 in one particular way. And then as I kept on going, <laughs> so, so let me say this. Like, so I was like, okay, let me let me take a look at these rosters for the, for the Pro Bowl game and, and run over them. And then I realized that uh, for the same reason that there are only so many so many positions that are highlighted in football. It's for the same reason that we only care about so many positions. There are just way too many players on a football team and way too many people in way too many places that we really don't care about. So, I sort of, okay, so let me run through the quarterbacks. Well, obviously, he was running backs, cornerbacks, tight ends. Then I realized even in there, that there was just way too many people I didn't care about. Then I was like, you know what? Let me do the right thing. Let me get... My New York is out of the way. Let me get Florida. And just for a couple of other people, you know, personal to me. Let me highlight the Dallas team, you know. But then even in that, doing Florida, I realized that Jacksonville is part of it. <laughs> so I stopped there. But listen, I'm, I'm, uh, 
we will talk about these games because you know we have the Rice versus Deion Sanders team, or however they like to do this now. And so we don't have a East versus West. We just have a mixture of two teams, and they just kind of come, they just kind of get picked and come together and get matched up. So let's start with what I like with what I don't like. Listen, New York is very highly represented in this. And I'm not just talking about New York as far as Jets and New York, this was all as Giants. I'm also talking about New York as far as Buffalo because Buffalo does reside in New York. So don't get it twisted. And, uh, and, and number one out of all of them is the fact that Tyrod Taylor is going to be one of the starting quarterbacks for this. But also on the other side, so for the Jerry Rice team, we're going to have Peyton Manning. We're going to have Peyton Manning um, from the Giants. We're going to have Carr from Oakland. We're going to have Taylor from Buffalo. And on the other side, we have Russell, Winston, and Bridgewater. Once again, love, love, love. And... <laughs> This is like I don't <laughs> six quarterbacks. One, two, three, four, five, six. Four of them were African American. I just noticed that. And there's also one in the super see? I telling you, like, this is when you notice that, that that times have changed. Like I don't think that you would have ever had seen this at any other point in time ever. Have we ever had that? I don't think we have. I don't think we've had four. I don't think we've had four plus starting quarterbacks in the in the NFL that have been black before. Hmm, that may be interesting. I'm gonna look that up a little bit further. So we could have had five. Let's say if Cam Newton didn't make it to the Super Bowl. See, something even more interesting. But that's how that's rounded out. Wide receivers for the Rice team is Jarvis, is Jarvis Landry, um, Amari Cooper. Well, Jarvis Landry from Miami, obviously. Amari Cooper from Oakland. As Oakland gets another representative. Oakland is, Oakland is very well represented in in this Pro Bowl. And if you're an Oakland fan, like 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 my homeboy, you know Dre, you know Drizzy Dre, you know, then you should actually feel very proud of your Oakland team because they they they're represented. They're representing very well in this particular Pro Bowl. Like, listen, you have a quarterback, you have a wide receiver, um, you have a running back in this, and I believe you also have a couple of defenders in here. So, listen, if you're Oakland, like, you should be particularly happy because this is a this is a this is a show in the step in the right that, that your team is go, is finally going is getting back into the right direction when you could go out and say, I am an Oakland. Kind of shit, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, Rice team also has run and the running back position: Adrian Peterson, Doug Martin, and Chris Ivory. Big up to the Jets, the J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. Cornerback, we got Brett Grimes, we got Davis, we got you see. And then that's why I said like we, we still we, we got Peters, we got Verdon. This is when we start getting into names we don't really care about. Tight end, we got Kells. Safety, we get Barry Adams and and Mr. and Mr. Charles Woodson, another Raider representative. Yes, Mr. Hall of Famer. Future Hall of Famer, last season, last Pro Bowl, Mr. Charles Woodson. I hope he picks somebody off and takes it to the house. <laughs> it just sucks that whoever he picks off is gonna have to be either Russell Wilson, James Wilson, or Teddy Bridgewater. I wonder who it's gonna be. Who's gonna get that opportunity to? Now, as we move over to, as we move over to um, not Jerry Rice's team, but Deion Sanders' team. As, he, as his wide receivers, he has Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Hopkins, and Allen Robinson. And Allen Robinson happens to be the representative from Jacksonville. I'm surprised that Jacksonville didn't have a few more players on there. I thought they had a couple of more players in skill position that probably could have got a nod, but 
I guess they didn't. You know, Todd Gurley makes make in his first year makes it to a Pro Bowl, and listen, I don't think anybody can be upset about this. We have Latavius Murray, another Oakland Raider, and then you know we have um, Devontae Freeman that from Atlanta that came out and burst onto the scene. Cornerbacks, we have Sherman, we got Trufant, we got Patman Jones, and we got we got we got Dior Cromati from 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 the Giants too. I can't remember. I didn't write down what team he played for, but so. That's that's how those those sort of lineups look up. I, I didn't look up the, t- the tight end. I didn't look up the safeties for, for. See, I keep forgetting his name. We might just write his down. Deion Sanders. I keep. <laughs> so I didn't write down any of the t- you know those those positions for Sanders' team. But what I did, I said, you know, let me go over and let me find out who is going to be well represented between the three states that matter: New York, Florida, and Texas. And listen, when Cali gets their, their their teams for real, for real, we will talk about Cali. And listen, I talked about Cali enough, didn't I? I, I just I just I just gave Oakland alone their whole entire segment. I didn't talk about San Diego. I didn't talk about the, I didn't talk about the 49ers. I didn't talk about any other any of the other eight billion teams located in located in California. No, I gave Oakland specifically some love. So as we go to Texas, I'm gonna do the same thing for Dallas. As they get their offensive guard Zach Martin in there, they get the linebacker Sean Lee, they get their kicker Dan Marley, and they get the offensive tackle Tom, Tom Tyron Smith. Florida gets Jameis Winston, Doug Martin, Logan Mankins, Richie Incognito. They get they get Grimes, they get McCoy, and they get and they get Levante David. Like I said, Florida represented very well in the Pro Bowl. New York also another another state represented very well in the Pro Bowl. They get Peyton Manning. They got Tyrod Taylor. They get Chris Ivory. Um, they they get they get Mister. <laughs> they get Mister. He comes from you. On the toilet, here he comes, squeezing between your festive buns, a present from down below, spreading joy with a howdy ho. He's seen the love inside of you, cause he's a piece of poo. Odell Beckham, Mister Old Dirty Player himself. Yeah, I know. Listen, I'm not gonna let that one go for him. I may relieve him of it, and cause he's not the dirtiest player I've ever seen. Like he may get, he just may get the this year's top nominee for it because he just disgusted me the most with his action. There may be, there may be a better overall lifetime old dirty player award for this. But so also, like I said, so we also get Nick Mango from the Jets, Jet Jets as Jets. Um, Eric Wood from the Bills, their center. Josh Brown. Uh, and we also get, as I said, you know, Cromartie from the Giants. So, yeah, Cromartie did play for the Giants because I have him in the New York section. So, that's their that's their lineup as they as they have their Pro Bowl and they go about it. And, not for nothing, I'm still going to have to try to remind myself if I want to catch this game or not. Because I'm pretty sure at, at when this game is on, I'm going to be out somewhere brunching. Or I may just be calling it brunch and it's just really just drinking. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I'll be consuming much food, but we are definitely gonna do we will definitely do something to try to catch this game to to see if somebody stands out. Like I wanna see if anybody takes like just like the all star like NBA All Star game. I wanna see at any point in time if anybody comes out and say, you know what, I want to be the all star for this game. I don't even know if they've if they've announced the dunk contest, you know, or the three point contest shooters. I'm, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna be Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry again in there. We got, we're probably gonna see some JJ Reddick. As I mentioned, JJ Reddick, you know, I do have the Clippers and Lakers game 
on in the background as it's two minutes left in the game. The Clippers, um, Chris Paul just took a three-pointer to put the Clippers up 130-88. This game was actually close to begin with. The Clippers played very lackadaisical for some point in time and let the Lakers come back in the game and if, if I'm not mistaken, also lead the game for a very short period of time. And then the Clippers woke up, realized that they were in a game that they could have possibly lost to a Lakers team that is still trying to figure themselves out. And now you're looking at what is a 13-point lead, as it is now 90 to 103. With a minute and 39 seconds left in the game. Yes, we have a picture now of Doc, uh, Doc Rivers with, with uh, Mike Woodson. I'm telling you, Doc. <laughs> Doc really look at it, and 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 Sam Cassell. Like Doc really just hire his boys, and like his like his boys and family. Anybody that he likes, he's hiring. Like you, like you can't you can't knock that kind of loyalty. So, as, as we talk about as these know as we want to talk about these games that are about to come up, because you know the power rankings are still fluctuating every single day, right? I want to I want to take a time and I want to take a little time out and go back and talk about the NBA starters for a second cuz I feel like I feel I feel like the only person that maybe should be slighted out of this whole entire thing should be Damian Lillard. Because Damian Lillard may I don't know. See it's tough. And 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 I, and I look at it and and he may just say, maybe we need to ex- start extending out these rosters. But I don't know if we need to extend out the roster. I'm like, if we extend out the rosters, I don't I, I don't know if there are three additional players from the East that I would want to see in the lineup. Like I, I, I like this Kyrie Irving, and after Kyrie Irving, I'm kind of searching maybe for people in the West. I'm over here looking at like, okay, there's Timmy, there's there's Lillard, and there's Dirk. And those are the three people that automatically pop out to me. But in the in the East, I'm over here that this Kyrie Irving and then Kyrie Irving was injured for a good portion of the time, so I don't even know if I want to put him in there. Um, Kevin Love, I th- I think about, but I don't know if Kevin Love has been playing like an All Star either to be to, like, to 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 get voted to an All Star team. Like he's an All Star name. He's been because he's been an All Star in the past because he was putting All Star numbers on a garbage team, but. On a good team, he kind of disappears. Like he's he's had a good week. Like he had a good week this week, but for the most part, he disappeared. You know, talking about good weeks, we're actually gonna talk about the games that happened this past week. That and more coming up next on the Mighty Sports Minute.
and we are back to your special Sunday edition of the Mighty Sports Minute. Again, like I said, I am your host, Mr. Trifecta himself, Talent T. Taylor. And if you've been keeping up with me, then you know exactly which teams I'm going to follow, which teams I'm going to talk about today. And so we're going to give you their breakdowns. We're going to give you just how the power rankings have shifted this week. Starting off still as number one is San Antonio Spurs. As the top three teams haven't made, hasn't changed much. So I have San Antonio Spurs sitting as number one. Even though the San Antonio Spurs have struggled this week while facing other teams in the top five of the power rankings. We'll touch on that a little bit later. Golden State remains at number two. Once again, even though Golden State has had a very good week against... Yes, top five opponents. Oklahoma City remains at number three. Surprisingly, as the all-star talk picks up, if you know the move to Toronto, Toronto jumps into the top five of the power rankings. Now that they jump into the top five of the power rankings, they leapfrog and they're in there above Cleveland. Cleveland, now the only other team in the East, that's in the top five of the power rankings. Because remember, that used to that that's other spot used to be reserved for the LA Clippers. Have they fallen out? So Toronto joins them, and now Toronto is being looked at as having a slightly better time, a slightly better run, doing doing a better job so far. This even though they're not so right now they're saying right now that Toronto just may be slightly a better team than Cleveland. And I don't put it past them. But what I do put past, what I do worry about is that how come San Antonio Spurs didn't drop down the power rankings given what they've done this week? San Antonio Spurs this week have gone up against the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the only thing I can think of in their defense is that they didn't have Tim Duncan. And Cleveland and Golden State were fully manned, I guess to say, you know, to say the least. But Golden State came out and did what Golden State did and scorched San Antonio. And like I said, you thought it was going to be, and I don't know if I made, I don't know if this also just happened with enough time for it to be on last, on last podcast as well. We thought this was going to be a ball, um, I'm, I'm a game of mobility, and it really wasn't. But the Cleveland game, same, same thing again. Like you saw that, you saw the speed, you saw the, you saw the speed, and and Cleveland's been playing with speed and energy lately. And listen, with with guys like Kyrie Irving, Iman Shumpert, J.R. Smith, LeBron James, you should play with speed. Cause listen, Melo isn't a really a fast up and down, you know, the pace kind of guy. You know, to play that way for Melo and Shumpert. But LeBron James is. Listen, LeBron James takes every single moment to remind us. <laughs> to remind us that he is. I'm going to take my talents to South Beach. I'm the best player in the world. I'm a huge basketball IQ. That's him. And he doesn't want to turn his brain off. Let's not forget that. Because they want him to turn his brain off. 
Right? So, you know what? As, 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 we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Like, let's not, let's, let's not forget. Because I have those particular sounds because LeBron James has once again been opening his mouth. I don't want to sidetrack yet. Because they've, like I said, Golden, Cleveland did to San Antonio what Golden State has done to San Antonio. And, like I said, I don't, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm not, if I'm ready to judge San Antonio based off of not having Tim Duncan. That's tough for me to do. But slow is slow. And having Tim Duncan doesn't make you any faster to anything. Not to rebounds, not to the basket, not to the hustle boards, you know, hustle points, not, you know what I mean? Not, not to the floor. Tim Duncan doesn't make you faster. It may make you more efficient. And efficiency may be the number one thing that you may need to beat Cleveland. You're going to need a lot more than that to beat Golden State. Because Golden State is fast and efficient. Um, on the back end, I, I watched a lot of my, a lot of watched, I guess I used the Knicks to watch a lot of these other teams and watch them beat up on my Knicks this, this week as I saw Phoenix, Oklahoma City, and Toronto coming to New York and, and, well, I shouldn't say all of them have their way, but Oklahoma City and Toronto definitely had their way with Knicks. And listen, I told you earlier, Oklahoma City is, is, is the third best team in the league. Toronto is the fourth. It just hurts that Toronto also happens to be right there in our division. And I said, like, the Knicks keep saying they're a playoff team. And see, yeah, I'm, and I'm going to tell you what it is. And I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. And, 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 I, and I asked them. I went out there and I asked them. And, I, and, I, and, you know, there's a couple of them out there. And they'll know who I'm talking about. But I asked them. Was when the Knicks like? Do you like when they, when you when you catch yourself being upset about the Knicks? I want you to ask yourself: Are you are you upset? Like, what were your standards when the Knicks first got this roster together? Before they got Christoph Porzingis and you saw him play before the draft, did you think that the Knicks were going to be a five hundred team? Because if your answer was no, then you didn't think that they were going to be a playoff team. Right now comes this next question. After after the draft, before you saw him play, did you? We're talking about Christoph Porzingis, and and I guess that's still kind of in uh, in between. You know, the one and the two, or the one and the three. Did you think they were going to be a playoff team after right after the draft before you saw KP play? And if once again, you know, did you see him as a five, if you didn't see him as a five hundred team, then you didn't see him making the playoffs. Now, after you saw KP play, now at that point in time, you thought they were going to be a five hundred team. That may be the only reason why you think the Knicks are going to be a playoff team, because generally, outside of this one particular year, if you are a five hundred team in the East. You are making the playoffs. So when you saw this kid play and you said to yourself, oh, holy crap, we could be a 500 team. When you saw when, but when you said that, what you were really saying to yourself was that, holy crap, we could be a 500 team and make the playoffs. Now, what ended up happening was that there are about 10 teams that are a 500 team in the East this season. So being a 500 team 
doesn't guarantee you a playoff spot anymore. And that's where the heartbreak is coming. That's where you're setting yourself up for for disdain and, and this animosity and all of this heartache. You know what I mean? As a Knicks fan. See, you have to let go of that. See, you have to accept that one little truth about the East this year. That, yeah, you know what? The Knicks should be a 500 team. That doesn't automatically mean they should be a playoff team. Because this year, you have to be better than a 500 team to make the playoffs in the East. And we're definitely not going to do it by playing this way and, 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 and going to win our division. I'm sorry, we're, we're not better than Boston. We're not better than Toronto. You know what I mean? Like, if Brooklyn didn't happen to be one of the worst teams in the league, we, <laughs> you'd still like, like Brooklyn is going, is going through a complete rebuilding period where they, where they need to find a way to get rid of Joe Johnson. I keep saying this. Joe Johnson needs to be getting rid of, like, he is handcuffing that team. They, they need to find a team. They, like, <laughs> they need to trade Joe Johnson back to Phoenix for a bunch of young players, like for Booker and a bunch of young players and draft picks. Like, seriously, that's what they need to do. Like, set some team up that, that, that isn't thinking right. So, yeah, as a Knicks fan, you have to figure out really what you're upset at and what you're upset with. Because, listen, this team is, ex is really exactly where you probably thought they were going to be. It's just that the expectations for, for our conference this year... Happens to be our conference, the competition in our conference happens to be a little bit stiffer than we had anticipated, and that's where, and then and that's where the disconnect comes. Is that you're losing you losing sight of that piece of reality. You accept that, and you get to enjoy the season. I'm telling you, you accept that one truth, Knicks fans, and the rest of the season you will be able to accept because as they go through their roller coaster, it's gonna be like slightly frustrating, but you're gonna realize that this is the kind of frustration that's gonna come from this team and. I mean, who do you really want to get rid of to sign a point guard? Seriously. Who do you want to get rid of to sign a point guard? Is it... And you have to understand, it's going to be one of two players. Right? And one of them is going to be false justification. And the other one, we're not going to really going to want to get rid of. Derek Williams, right? Is having a great season. And we're going to, and we're going to look at specifically Atlanta and Lou Williams, right? Derek Williams for Lou Williams, right? If we give up that, I don't know. Like, you can say, like, Derek Williams has been an iffy player for the majority of his career. Remember, he was the number two draft pick right behind Derek Rose. He came in that in that draft. And so he hasn't really shined that much. So I don't know if it's finally new, if he's finally clicking in New York, the system and the time, the, the chemistry. You know, the trust he's given, the role that he's playing, you know, the bright... I, I said this, like, if he's, if he's going to play anywhere, if, he is, if he's going to be playing New York, you can't hide in New York. You either get a shot or you're not. See, I can see him reverting back to old ways in Atlanta because he's not being fit right. He's not being pieced right. So, I'm not quite sure what's going to... What, what to do there. Or will you want to give up Lance Thomas? And Lance Thomas, unfortunately, I think if you got rid of him, he would shine in Atlanta. Like, he would thrive with them and their system and their structure. I think Derrick Williams would fall off. And if we trade him for Lou Williams and Derrick Williams falls off, they'll be looking at it like, oh, it was a justified pick. But 
I think Derrick Williams is is a is a much more valuable piece to the Knicks than he would be to Atlanta. So it makes me want to like. So listen, I I think you know what you know what I'm I'm, I'm gonna tell you this, and, and I'm gonna be hundred percent truthful. I think I think the Knicks need to stay with the roster that they have and see what happens. And something just happened with the Knicks that needs to be taken note of. And yes, paparazzi, I will give you. A shout out here because you wanted this earlier, and even though you wanted it earlier, the only reason that you can you can use your hindsight to say that you were right then is because I believe that they've had 40 games now, and I think that right now is the perfect time to give Galloway the starting position for the New York Knicks, and I think that it has to, that he's finally at that point though. Like I think if you would have given it to him a month or two ago, he wouldn't have been ready for it. He we would have been struggling between starting him and starting Calderon because there would have been mistakes that Galloway was going to make that we weren't gonna be able to keep justifying. I think now 40, 50 games now into the season that we can honestly say that Galloway is ready to take that team. And listen, the Knicks got shellacked the last couple of games. You know what I'm saying? Against Oklahoma City, against Toronto. But those are also games without Melo and also without Christoph Porzingis. Because the first game, and also Calderon didn't play. But the first game that I saw that, Gal, that, that Galloway got a chance to command that offense with all starting pieces with Aaron Afalo. With Camilla Anthony, with Christoph Porzingis, with Lopez, <laughs> uh, he did what well. he did very well, and then to see Grant and Vujacic and those guys come up and Grant, like I said, this is against the Phoenix team. Listen, these are the being a five hundred team means that yes, you lose to good teams, you lose to Oklahoma City, you lose to Toronto. But being a 500 team, that means that, yes, you look good against bad teams. You beat the Phoenixes because you're supposed to beat the Phoenixes. The Phoenix, Phoenix is the number 30th team in the power rankings. I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, the number 29th team in the power rankings. You're supposed to beat Phoenix. And once again, let me give you a little side note. Booker did look good in Phoenix. Or, or in the garden for Phoenix. He was he, he was in foul trouble for the first quarter. Didn't get much playing time, you know, in the first you know in the first half. But when he did play, his stroke was nice. He, he got his shot off. He elevates. He elevates well. I'm telling you, if there is a way for any team to trade for Booker to get him away from Phoenix, I say you do it. You do it and you do it in a heartbeat. This kid, this kid that was a rookie in college. And came off the bench to play. And is now a rookie in the NBA. And, and now, you see, finding his way. Figuring out, the, figuring out the game. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Booker can single-handedly put Phoenix back on the map. Mark my words. He is somebody to watch. I'm telling you. If I was back on that five-game like NBA pass thing that they used to have, Phoenix would have been one of those teams I'd be watching. I'd be watching in the future. So... Yeah, I think it's time to give Galloway the starting role. I, I think it is. I really do believe it is. 
And I, I think that Calderon coming off the bench can only help because what you'll do is that you'll probably go to a form of small ball or, or a rotation that has now Calderon, Vujacic, and Grant, you know, with Derek Williams, with Lance. Like, you understand, like, anytime you need to go small, you can, you can play those five. Like, like I'm pretty sure there's going to be times when you're playing against teams like, a team like Golden State and we're talking about, oh, doing our matchups. Like, I'm, I, I'm really going to be curious to see what happens when Golden State plays New York. And I think it's coming up really soon, to be honest with you. Like, if I, if I need to look at this schedule. But, so, I, I really, yeah, I'm, I'm really rooting for, I am rooting for Galloway to get this on a position. I, and I think that Calderon is the kind of guy with the kind of personality. Actually, they play Golden State tonight. So, yeah, I'm, there's going to be a time where I, I truly and honestly do believe that you're going to look at a lineup that's going to have, that can have Calderon with, see, Calderon might not even be back this game. So to have this, to have this, this option today, but with Calderon, with Grant, Vujacic, Thomas, and Williams, and those are your five on the floor, and that will match up well with what Golden State has. Now, can they match up with what Golden State has? I don't know. But what I'm saying is that you don't have to worry about being so much at a, at a speed deficiency at every position because, you know, you these are, these are four of your more loose feet kind of guys. So, yeah. Like, I took the time out to, like I said, it was, it was really weird. Like, I, I, wa I watched, I guess to say, like, I watched the power rankings against each other today. I didn't watch them against a much of a foreign team and like I said and also I'm gonna let you know a team I like to watch too anytime that you get a chance to watch this young team play Minnesota is a team that you have to watch play I already told you that they have three stars that are good that are gonna be represented into those into the the rising star all-star game so if you get any opportunity or any chance you need to really you need to watch these guys play now talking about our stars right and them playing LeBron James, right, Mister. Well, I'm gonna take my talents to South Beach. Hey, he has to realize how foolish he sounds at times, right? That he's upset that they label him a coach killer, and I say, well, you haven't done much to help. Any of your coaches, like hey, you have to think, right? Even Mike Brown, they real they quickly realized that Mike Brown was a winning coach because of LeBron and not the other way around. Because so he didn't he go somewhere, get hired for a day, and also and get fired. <laughs> like, did he have a, like a coaching job for like one day or some, some something ridiculous like that, or, or ten days he was coaching somewhere and he got fired? So let's not act like. Let's not act like LeBron has helped endorse a lot of coaches. Now, he's, like, he says that, oh, he's never done anything to disrespect coaches. But isn't he the same guy that it came out saying that, oh, he wanted Spokesha gone out of Miami for no other particular reason that you didn't know who he was? Is that because he was the equipment guy? Like, you, you didn't trust that he was 
that he was Pat Riley's dude. Like, you understand? Like, that was Pat Riley's move. That that cat spoke to his job. Like, they had somebody up there that, that allowed him to, to say, like, no, we're not going to get this coach fired. So now, when you're back in Cleveland, in a place, because, listen, let's not forget, like, LeBron James still is one of the biggest crybabies in the world. LeBron James is not in Miami because he could not get his way. Because Pat Riley said, I am not going to let you and your boys have free reign of the clubhouse. I'm not going to let you and your boys sit here beside the co- you know, beside the player's bench and be a distraction. You know what I mean? I'm not going to let, you know, I mean you and your boys have have, you know, you know have free access to our planes and our buses and stuff like that. No. These are for players and they're for players only and this is how we're going to function. See, Pat, you know, LeBron James wanted to be wanted to be catered to, but he also wanted his friends to be catered to. Because you have because you understand, he could have still been in Miami and still could hey, and listen, not for nothing. It's not like he didn't go to NBA finals. But listen, with the television money that would have opened up, you understand that they would have went last year. They probably would Miami would have went probably went back to a championship again this year. Television money would have opened up next year, <laughs> right? And the you know it's because it's gonna remember there's two jumps coming. There's a jump coming next year, and there's a jump coming the year after that. Like we're talking about like hundred million dollar like salary like caps for for teams. You know, like like you have to understand like like it may not get that high, but it, I believe it's gonna go to like for like it's gonna go like from like what we're used to like in the fifties up to like the seventies, and then from the seventies to like the nineties. Like it's gonna take like two massive jumps in the next couple of years. So I mean, we're talking about yes, in five years. We're talking about $100 million salary caps. So we're talking about the time period when the Kevin Durant and the Russell Westbrooks and all of these guys would have would have become open, right? Miami would have been in perfect position with money and three stores, you know what I mean? To go out there and try to entice whoever they needed to entice to come and play for Miami. But no, LeBron James wanted his people to have his way. But listen, he's still making it to championships. And I can understand that's big for him. I can't take that away from him. Like, he's still making it to championships. But like I said, I can easily erase his time period in in, in Miami in my head because to me it's, it's it's a fixed time period. It's like when you just he like he rigged the sport in his odds in his favor and he and he came out 50-50. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's how bad he is when it when it comes to these games, when it comes to these big games, and, and we see that he keeps losing them and losing them and losing them and losing them. And he's probably going to make it again this year. And he's going to lose it again. Because he can't beat San Antonio. And he can't beat Golden State. And if Oklahoma City keeps playing the way that they're playing. I don't know if he's going to be able to beat um, beat Oklahoma City. And if Toronto keeps playing the way they're playing. I'm going to be really interested to see if Toronto is able to beat Cleveland. So Mr. LeBron James. Mr. Coach, Mr. Saying that I'm not a coach killer. But you're the one that came out and said that your coach ran a play and you scratched it. Yeah, you you you're the one, but you're the same one that says. Take my talents to South Beach. You have a huge basketball IQ. So why would they not want your vision to to be used to inbound the ball? Not to mention, didn't you have like about three seconds left on that left left in that play? Um, the number one person that's usually unguarded or left open 
in an inbound play is usually the person inbounding the ball. So which would have meant that you also would have been in a prime position to inbound the ball because you have this great vision and this huge basketball mind to one of your open teammates, he would have been able to flip it right back over to you because you would have been left open for just enough split second for you, for you to be able to get a wide open shot. And because you are the best player in the world, you would have been the one taking the last sec the last second shot to be able to miss it. And not win the game then. But no, you scratched it. And you undermined your coach in front of your whole entire team. But then you also went as far to also tell the millions of viewers that you undermined your coach on national television. You did that. That is the kind of actions. Because remember, your your GM said, real, real plain and simple, nobody had to tell me anything. Right? So no, LeBron James didn't have to go and say, hey, the coach may need to get fired. But you clearly made it, made it, made it sure that it was known that you were not buying into what to what your coach was saying. Your coach came out there and said he wanted to play one style of ball. You don't play that style of ball. Your coach want plays ran. You don't run his plays. You understand when when there are timeouts when there are timeouts that are called, you go and you sit with the assistant coach. You barely pay your coach any mind. You've bumped your coach, and this is why right now, not for nothing, LeBron James is public enemy number one in Israel for for the way he has conducted himself as a professional as supposedly a professional athlete and to getting David Blatch fired you understand there was he had he had seven million fans in Israel he is down to about seven and not only did he also lose like seven million fans I also know two Cohen's that don't like him <laughs> like but even so there are no burning jerseys because even in a country that is rumored to be filled with radicals, they still had more sense than Cleveland fans by not burning the things they spent their hard-earned money to buy. <laughs> so yeah, he's lost almost, he's lost a whole entire country in Israel. All all of Israel is looking at looking at LeBron James like he is. Brown, he comes from you. On the toilet, here he comes, squeezing between your festive buns, a present from down. Not a dirty player, but they just think. But actually, you know what? They probably do think that he's a dirty player because he went. He went through some backhanded, you know, backhanded tactics to get you know the coach fired. Now, some more backhanded tactics, right? Like it, I find it very, I find it very peculiar that the NFL is going to use this and. I guess you, you can say that no time is the right time to investigate somebody, you know, especially especially Peyton Manning for this. But they're gonna say that they're gonna announce that they're investigating Peyton Manning. And listen, I listen. I I guess let's put it this way: like Tom Brady, we all know that Tom Brady was guilty, right? Ray Lewis, not Ray, yeah, Ray Ray Rice, sorry, Ray Rice. Ray Lewis is innocent. And just to get that out of the way, Ray Lewis, 100% innocent. Never did it. Never committed it. Wasn't him. Not guilty. Nada. Zero. Zilch. Nothing. But Ray Rice, we all knew was guilty. And even Harden, right? Greg Harden, we know was guilty. Now, even though that all fame was guilty... I'm not saying that Peyton Manning is guilty at all. What I'm saying is that 
we I don't think that even with those guys being guilty, the NFL and Roger Cadell just hasn't handled these situations well. So I don't know that if whatever they find on Peyton Manning, whether they find something like let's say they do find something on Peyton Manning, I don't know if I'm gonna believe their findings, and I don't trust them to handle it properly. And I guess that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm. I guess I'm ultimately saying. Like, I don't. I don't believe that Peyton Manning has done anything whatsoever. But whatever he has not done, if the NFL happens to find something out there, or if there is something out there that is found, based off how NFL just mishandles things, I'm not gonna fully believe their findings. And whatever kind of punishment they they give Peyton Manning, I'm not gonna just, I'm not gonna trust that they're gonna handle it properly. And I'm gonna brush underneath. I'm, I'm gonna brush underneath the rug. Probably this one more than any other one out there because you know what? Tom Brady's a cheater. Ray Rice is scum. Greg Harden is 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 a, is a, is a despicable, deplorable human being. Like, oh. but. If Peyton Manning needed to take some kind of steroids to help recover from a neck nerve injury, listen, it happens because steroids are not just what you think of as steroids, but they are used in regular, normal, everyday practices of medicine to help things recover. Like steroids, like I, there are steroids in the form of an inhaler to help people with breathing problems. Like I've been prescribed that, as, you know, in the military. So, NFL can go ahead and investigate, and they can find whatever they want to find. End of the day, like, I don't think anybody cares when it comes to Peyton Manning out of all of them, because you, out of all the people that you really do need to investigate, Peyton Manning is not one of them. And you know what, guys, I really do thank you for listening to the show. You know, stay tuned, don't stress. Stay blessed. I really do, once again, always absolutely appreciate it. Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down. Lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. Don't forget to check me out. My T Sports. Sun's out. On Facebook. Where we going for breakfast? SoundCloud. Don't wanna go far. And Twitter. Rough night. Die, baby. Die. My T.